Luke chapter 12, verses 1 through 34. In the meantime, when so many thousands of the people had gathered together that they were trampling one another, he began to say to his disciples first, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Nothing is covered up that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light, and what you have whispered in private rooms shall be proclaimed on the housetops. I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body and after that have nothing more they can do. But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear him who has, after he is killed, has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies, and not one of them is forgotten before God? Why, even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, you are of more value than many sparrows. And I tell you, everyone who acknowledges me before men, the Son of Man will also acknowledge before the angels. But the one who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. And everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but the one who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. And when they bring you before the synagogues and the rulers and the authorities, do not be anxious about how you should defend yourself or what you should say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them a parable, saying, The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, What shall I do, for I have nowhere to store my crops? And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. And he said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on, for life is more than food and the body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? If, then, you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more? Will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried, for all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, 
and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right. So Jesus, there's a lot of teaching here, and uh, you know it ends on such a powerful note. Will, what are your thoughts today on this big old chunk of change that we have pulled out of Luke chapter 12? Yeah, well, in, in today is the Saturday between Good Friday and Easter, which yep. is a a dark day in many ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, we didn't plan it out this way. I wish I could say that we had. But um, this is in some ways a great passage yeah. to reflect on, on on this day. Holy Spirit, uh, baby. Come on. Yeah, I know. Uh, because you could imagine that you can imagine the disciples cowering in rooms, uh, hiding, not knowing what's going to happen. And what is Jesus saying here? Don't be anxious. Don't worry. Your father knows what you need. Uh, Maybe, maybe some of them thought back on these very words from Uh, Jesus, you know, in that moment. Uh, uh, So powerful reminder that we don't need to be afraid. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we have a father who knows what we need and will provide for us. Mm. Uh, So, you know, we see in verse seven, why even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, you are of more value than many sparrows. And actually, I have a personal affection for this section here because I love Job. Job is my favorite book of the Bible. And um, and the divine speeches at the end of Job <clears throat> You're also uh, a scholar on the book of Job, just for anyone who doesn't I, know. I mean, that. So I have, that's a, I have that's to study it a little bit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah. So, in the divine speeches at the end of the book, people are really uh, confused about what God is actually doing there when he starts to describe all of his creation. Hmm. Uh, but I see a lot of resonance between what God does there in the divine speeches as he's speaking to Job in the midst of his suffering uh, and mm-hmm. what Jesus is doing here. And one of the closest connections is actually in verse 23 here, verse 24, where it says, consider the ravens, they neither sow nor reap. Uh, And yet God feeds them because in God's divine speeches to Job, he says uh, that he asks Job, well, who feeds the baby ravens? Mm. And the assumed answer is that God is the one who feeds the ravens. Yeah. And Job doesn't make explicit why God uses this argument, but Jesus does. His point is, if God cares for the ravens, Hmm. of how much more value are you than birds? (laughs) Right? So that's what God, I think, is doing in the divine speeches with Job, is he's saying, I care for this great breadth of my creation, all different kinds of animals, ravens and mountain goats and ostriches and all of that. Clearly, I care for you. Hmm. Jesus is saying, God cares for sparrows and ravens and even lilies and grass. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So clearly uh, he cares for you. And what a great reminder that would have been to the disciples as they uh, worry, uh, what is this, what is the future for them now that Jesus, who they thought was the Messiah, has been crucified? Yeah, it's such a powerful, you know, the grass image especially. It's like God clothes the grass with with such beauty 
and ultimately it's just fuel for the fire you know literally it's just going to be cut up and tossed in a furnace and you know like that that's a powerful image i mean you know even thinking of like trees and you know all these things that ultimately uh you know kind of just get chopped down and and burnt or whatever and yet god has woven his his hand and and you know the the intricacies of his mind into all these things and you are the image of god how much more will he care for you Mm -hmm. and it, it really is so compelling and you know the our lord here he he's just really attacking fear and, and and his main you know method is to expand the their perspective of his people and so one method is this that we've been talking about it's the you know god clothes all of creation just think about the creation think about the birds and the grass how much more will he take care of you and then the other is you know reminding people of the final destination of the soul and 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 that's where the parable of the rich fool plays in is you know we we see this this man who he has more abundance than he knows what to do with and so you know he he tears down his house in buckhead and builds a bigger one with a bigger garage um only to be told tonight your soul is required of you and you know in in one sense that's it's very sobering but it's not to scare people, but it's to, you know, ex- explode the walls on, on our perspective that we, we so often live life, even as Christians, with this idea that really this life is it and Christianity is just like the best walking stick to get through this life. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is saying, no, once you reach the end, you've really only reached the beginning. Mm-hmm. And, and the the riches that you, you know, cast towards the earth will all just be left behind but the riches that you store up through hearing and obeying the word of god you know they'll be waiting for you on the other side and so yeah do you have any thoughts on on that sort of dynamic that we see here yeah i think you're right uh, to point out that fear is a major theme throughout this passage and even the pass the part about the man with the bountiful goods mm-hmm. uh he, I think he's afraid. Uh, mm. And that's why he wants all that stuff because he says in verse 19, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Now you can relax and eat, drink and be merry, right? So he couldn't relax until he had all this stuff. Uh, and I think that that's convicting to me, at least that what motivates um, the way that I think about money, it's a fear that I won't be provided for. Or I won't be able to provide for my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that motivates Jesus here to teach, no, 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 you need to trust the Lord. But that that then gets us to the end of the passage where because we can trust the Lord, we can actually sell our possessions. We can give to the needy and we can pursue the greater treasure, which doesn't fail, which mm-hmm. no thief can approach and no moth can destroy. Uh, and <clears throat> there's much richer blessing uh mm-hmm. in in that than these things that will be lost as you pointed out mm. yeah so you know one thing that i don't want to totally fly over this is a very debated and mm-hmm. um hard to understand thing and i'm sure we both knew that 
we're going to come back to it. But there's this interesting passage um, in verse 10, basically saying that um, everyone who speaks against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but the one who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. And that kind of throws some dissonance into our our typical theology that, you know, God um, has removed all of our sins through the death and resurrection of Christ. So uh, what do you, as a, a great biblical mind, think of <laughs> of this? Passage? So this is, this is a tough one. The best interpretation that I've heard is that the Holy Spirit is the means through which uh, Christ's forgiveness is applied to us, the forgiveness mm-hmm. he's earned on the cross. So blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is actually rejecting the means through which you could be forgiven. Mm. So in that case, how could you be forgiven? You've, re- you've rejected the very means that God has given us. Mm. Uh, have you heard other ideas? You find anything else compelling for that? You know, I mean, not, not specifically, <laughs> but um, I also haven't looked into it a ton candidly. So, but I do think there's an interesting change of language here um, that there's, you know, this idea of speaking against the Son of Man. And then it's a different word for one who blasphemes the Holy Spirit. And so there's there's sort of these like varying weights that are going on. And so Jesus doesn't say, you know, you can blaspheme Jesus and be forgiven and you can blast you cannot blaspheme the Holy Spirit and be forgiven. Um, and so that, you know, honestly, as I press on to study this more i think that there's a little like tension and clue there that's important because i think that kind of begs the question okay according to jesus what is blasphemy and so you know that's that's something to to press into but i I think even more applicably i love the comfort that jesus follows because that that's not a super comfortable statement in verse 10 but verse 11 is a very comforting, uh, you know, where Jesus is bringing the whole train. He, he says, when they bring you before synagogues and rulers and authorities, you know, and, and he's really speaking forward towards the persecution of the church, don't be anxious about how you should defend yourself or what you should say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. And, you know, that's, it's a very hopeful and comforting note of when you are put on trial, when your feet are put to the fire, the Holy Spirit will speak to you then and give you in that moment what you need to say. And it, it connects back to the Lord's prayer, you know, and, and to the man in the wilderness that God will always give you the bread that you need for that day. And, and yeah. you know, the Holy Spirit, he, he does not, when you become a Christian, he doesn't give you a binder full of all the, the strength for every trial that you're going to face. Um, but he gives you what you need in every season. And uh, that's it's really a great comfort. And that's really how he launches into this section of, you know, forsaking earthly anxiety for the peace of God. Yeah, well said. So, well, today is the, the day of resurrection. And so, um, you know, happy Easter. And what what great peace that you know that Christ came that He's robbed hell that He He's led a, co- a host of captives on high, 
and that you know we can rest in his abundance towards his people. So for Will Kinds, I'm Will Carlisle. Happy Easter. We'll see you tomorrow on our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.